and welcome to Jag Bags, a discussion of all things pop culture. I'm Mike Byer. And I'm Len Foote. And welcome to the program. You are listening live from the home studios. In man, listen to that manufactured, I mean, sorry, spontaneous <laughs> crowd reaction. And tonight's a very special episode because we are attempting to right a grievous wrong the Zoom application, the sophisticated Zoom application that Len and I use for our uh, recordings of Jag Bags accidentally ate. It's still trapped inside the Zoom. I can see it. it will not release it to me. We recorded an entire uh, podcast episode on U2, uh, the Irish supergroup U2, uh, which we were not able to... Uh, uh, get to uh, convert to a sound file and bring that to you, the Jag Bags listener. It has been in limbo. We have been unable to extricate it. And therefore, tonight, we are going to recapture the magic and amplify it tenfold for you. You two, Dublin Zone, one of the most, one of the most successful bands of all time. And uh, we will go through their albums we'll go through their songs we'll discuss where they rank all time in the 80s in the 90s we'll discuss the important question of whether bono is a dillweed or is bono just a good guy who is passionate uh this is a subject that has been debated endlessly there's strong arguments either on either side we'll tackle this fearlessly and finally, we'll, uh, Len and I were tasked with creating our own 45-minute YouTube playlist. The results are here. And uh, I've been listening to my YouTube. Sometimes I do these playlists, and a week later, I don't like them. And uh, <laughs> I shuffle them around, and I'm like, hey, what was I thinking? Uh, <laughs> this YouTube playlist has kind of stayed pretty. I've only made one little adjustment to it. But overall, it stayed pretty solid. Um, so we'll share all that tonight. Um, so let's get right into it. Should we go? Should we start with the playlist? Sure. Let's start with the playlist. All right. I can go first, or I'll. Sure, you can go first. Now, my we, the rules were forty-five minutes. Yeah. And without get as close as you can without going over. My playlist is now at forty-four. But I kind of cheated. Well, I haven't cheated because I have two pretty long songs. Mm -hmm. So I only have nine songs on my playlist. Uh, 44 minutes. Uh, I open up with New Year's Day, which to me, that's like, that song more than anything takes me back to, you know, youth. Um, uh, I, I don't know. The others just kind of like, they don't, there's not such a powerful kind of memory rush. But <laughs> for whatever reason new year's day i talk about a great song to drive around the car to um new year's yeah. day is hard driving um you know just uh it's a kind of uh u2's announcement that hey we're here and we're really good mm -hmm. um I, that was the first time that i was like why are these guys not huge because new year's day was not a very big hit you know in, in the grand scheme of things that didn't really sell a lot i was talking to darby was asking me questions about you two today 
because I was listening to you too. She was always, she's like, well, when did, when did they become famous? She asked me all these questions. And I said, she's like, when did you start listening to them? And I was like, 84, because that's when Unforgettable Fire came out. Right. It was Unforgettable Fire, because U2 was almost like an alternative band, they felt like, initially. Very much so. Very much so. Because Unforgettable Fire, I think, was the first one that got them noticed a little bit more. Right. And then after that, what, three years later, Joshua Tree, and then they were, they were superstars. They were huge. Yeah. Yeah. So they're like a working man's kind of band from Dublin. Then they were almost alternative, and then they ex- exploded. Almost kind of what happened with REM, too. Very much. They kind of followed a similar trajectory. Yeah. And the replacements. And I don't think they were, well, the replacements, I don't think the replacements ever got huge, though. That was the thing. Like they were all on the same path, and then it really happened for U2 and REM. And it never happened for the replacements for whatever reason. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I think the replacements just had too many internal problems. Yeah. they probably Cause that was another thing. Darby asked me, she's like, are they still together? Did anybody, is it, are they all still alive? And I'm like, yes, yes. Yeah. It's rare. Very rare. All of them are still here. Very rare. Still recording stuff. I don't think they live the life of like typical rock stars. I think that they are in bed at 10, that <laughs> they get up early and, uh, you know, they play their music and they are, you know, they like loud, they like loud guitars, but they're, you know, you never heard about any of these guys going into rehab. Well, that's not true. Adam Clayton, the bass player, he did go into rehab, um, but he was like the only one. Um, he was also the only one who really had like a supermodel girlfriend. <laughs> exactly yeah those other guys like stayed married to their <laughs> girlfriend forever yeah. yeah so they're very unusual just in that sense <clears throat> um but yeah new year's day was my first and then gloria um which um another jam another early deep cut um then the next one is one i tried to mix up the hits with like deep cuts but one is too strong to leave out um, I think that's their best song. That's my favorite song by U2. Which one was it? Say it again. One. Oh, okay. Mm-hmm. Uh, then One Tree Hill from the Joshua Tree. And I could have picked so many songs from the Joshua Tree. I could have... The Joshua Tree is just a, a phenomenal record. Phenomenal. Yeah. Um, my next it song... Really, it goes so deep. Yeah. My next song is uh, also kind of a deep cut... And it's from the album No Line on the Horizon um, from 2009. And I don't know if this was a hit or not. I don't even know if they released it, but the song is Magnificent. Um, No, that was not a hit. Yeah. Did they release it? No, I don't think so. I love that. That's just an album cut. It's just an album cut. Yeah, it's a good song. that's That's just driving and soaring Bono lyrics. And every time I hear it, I'm like, that's great. Great song. Um, they should have uh, they should have released that. I think it would have I think it would have done well. Um, after the magnificent uh, Sunday Bloody Sunday, also you know a big release that didn't do as well as um, yeah a song that has only grown in popularity over the decades. Um, that was another one that was like I would listen to this song. I was like, how is this not a number one hit? 
This song. Yeah, that that New Year's Day. Oh, I think that's why you still like them so much because they didn't you didn't hear them a million times. Yeah. But you think you should have heard them a million, million times back in the eighties. I just was just like, I do not understand how this uh this this is one of the best songs I've ever heard. Um yeah. I remember thinking that and still think that. Um uh after that, I unpopular song, but I like it. So you know what? I've gotta do me. I've got to be happy with my choices and no one else's. Uh, and we will be having a I'm happy with my choices Jagbags t-shirt available soon if I am hearing correctly from the director of merchandising. It's Beave in a sweater uh, sitting serenely on a pillow saying I'm happy with my choices while Len rolls his eyes and uh, faxes Regency. Uh, how can we how can we replace this moron? Uh, <laughs> get your orders in now yes uh the song i picked is angel oh they did release magnificent beef you're right did they? i thought they didn't yeah that's a good song, that's a good song. it was a single how did it do it did very well it did well in ireland and i understand didn't really hit in wait let me see what the lit didn't really hit in the u.s though only went to 79 in the u.s yeah, kind of petered out. Very popular in Ireland, though. Too bad. I really like that song. Mm-hmm. My song after Sunday, Bloody Sunday, is Angel of Harlem, the song that I am happy with and no one else. Uh, I really like Bono's vocal on that. I think he did a really good job um, as Len shakes his head. Well, you know what, <laughs> Len? You know what? <laughs> let's, let's get to your list and then see how the two fits. Uh, my last two songs are uh, also... Diamond listeners are on edge now. They're like, wait, what? Is there discord in the Jagbex family? I feel scolded. <laughs> I really should put myself in the other fellow's shoes more often. That's what the Jagbex <laughs> are saying. Uh, trying to throw your arms around the world, not the traditional song from Octum Baby, but I like it. It's very chill. It's very mellow. I think it's kind of a good way to uh, bring this playlist to a close. And my last, my closer is Bad from the album Unforgettable Fire. I hated to leave off Pride in the Name of Love, which probably is a better song than Bad, but not by much. I love Bad. That song is great. Um, Real, like they're kind of their first like true kind of anthem and um or you know they i don't think they had quite nailed it but so you know as far as like a soaring um you know anthem that later they would do with other uh attempts but uh i i love that so those that and that is 44 minutes of youtube um what about what about your playlist Mine goes, starts off with, I will follow. Jam. Great opener. Jam. Also, how is that not a huge hit? How did that yeah. not go to number one in every country? We have, I will follow Sunday, Bloody Sunday, New Year's Day. Mm. Before they got big. Chronological. Uh, then I put 40. Awesome. Which I think is their closer a lot. So maybe that would have been better as last. But Deep, deep cut. You think it's a deep cut? 
deeper than those others. I love yeah. it. Tough to leave that off. I also had Sunday, Bloody Sunday. Jam. Pride. Can't can't deny pride. Jam. I still haven't found what I'm looking for. I mean, that's the obvious uh, one that I hated to leave off. I put the Joshua Tree version, but the Rattle and Hum version is great, too. Agreed. With the orchestra in there. I mean, at the orchestra with the the gospel choir yeah. yeah it's great it's a, it's almost like a coin toss which one's better Agreed. in god's country awesome. kind of a shorter shorter song throw in there yep that's got a great you know all of side two of the joshua tree is pretty flawless then all i want is you great one song. of my favorites even though it reminds me of reality bites well, and I want to well, punch Ethan Hawke repeatedly I, in that movie. <laughs> poor Ethan. You know, Ethan's on my couch right now with his therapist. Why does Len? <laughs> He's there with Joe Madden. Joe's like, it was a good idea. But I praise, I praise Ethan Hawke's performance in First Reformed. He was great. He was great in First Reformed. Ethan, it's okay. <laughs> Ian Happ has sent Ethan several. I said, I know what it's like to be on the receiving end of Len's scorn. Stay strong. <laughs> then until the end of the world. I love that song. <laughs> See, ladies and gentlemen, you you've heard. <laughs> Travolta and Cage and Face Off. Now you have Len and Beef in Base Off. Incredible. <laughs> we are doing, uh, <laughs> we are better. rewriting the rules of music with our cover of <laughs> The End of the World. Amazing. Two amazing musicians <laughs> who never played an instrument. How did, how did they capture this so flawlessly? <laughs> Redefine so many genres all in 20 seconds. Then I put my favorite song, Stay Far Away So Close. That's from uh, Zuropa? Yes. Yeah. Also my favorite U2 album. Zuropa is your favorite U2 album? Yes. Diamond listeners, I appeal to you. <laughs> <laughs> There's uh, a lot of debate going on. There's Wow. I really are a lot of Zuropa they have markers out <laughs> and a lot of erasing on their yeah. their boards. They have a board now. Well, you know, that's how where they, they can debate things now. I think they want to jump right in with us. And they're they don't seem to be listening to us right now. They seem to be just discussing it with each other. There's a strong Zuropa contingent among the diamond listeners. Yeah. Uh that you've really tapped into with this choice. Um, there really, there might be a diamond listener podcast coming because <laughs> they're starting to ignore us. <laughs> well, <laughs> well, we are married with kids, so we know what that's like. <laughs> amazing ideas and content. Um, so I got three because, more. I got three more. So that's wait. That's still not forty-five minutes. Uh, let me skipped all the long jams. Let me. Yeah, I don't have the long ones. No. Okay, three more. Oh, you know what? Mine's actually over. Mine's over. Oh, well. Maybe my math was faulty. That's fine. Three more. Three more. I have The Wanderer. Well, that's a good song. 
great song. Yeah. And this one, which I originally thought was kind of a deep cut, but just like Magnificent, they did release it as a single. I just don't think it did real well. Right. And the reason I wanted to put this on the playlist is because pop was an album I didn't really pay attention to. It didn't get the best reviews. I'd only listened to it a few times. But when I listened to it again recently, I'm like, this is a pretty good album. Right. So I put Please on there, <laughs> which is a really good song. Yeah. Like I said, it was released as a single. Just didn't do as well, but maybe because, like I said, pop didn't get received real well. Right. And then I finished it up with uh, a later, relatively later. Was, I think this was... I think this is on all that you can leave behind. Walk on. Oh, that's a good song. Great song. So your favorite U2 album is Zuropa. Yes. <clears throat> What's your second favorite? Mm. If you had to if you had to choose. Maybe Octune. Yeah. Unforgettable Fire is great too. Great. It's great. Joshua Tree is really good, but I don't really, I don't like Bullet the Blue Sky. Because uh, they're still paying Ted Nugent royalties for that. That's all right. You know, if they can like expose Nugent and maybe help uh, people forget <laughs> Nugent, maybe, uh, maybe they're trying, maybe that's a political statement in and of itself. Who knows? <laughs> uh, probably not. Uh, I, my favorite album, I, I said it was Octung Baby, but maybe it is the Joshua Tree. Um, they're like one in one A, Octung Baby and the Joshua Tree. And if I had to pick a third, I've really been listening a lot more to War. Um, I just think that's just excellent. Just excellent. How about, the, yeah, yeah. See something like War you can put on because it's going to sound fresh because you haven't heard the song. See, the thing with Joshua Tree Streets have no name. Still in following, I'm looking for with or without you. First three songs. Yeah. And you've heard all those 8 billion times. 8 billion times. No matter how much you like them. Three giant hits in a row to start. The funny thing was when, and I listened to the Joshua tree for the first time over the weekend to the delight of my family. I said, guys, we do, <laughs> from the drive from Cleveland to Chicago, I said, if I'm driving it, I control the music. <laughs> and so enjoy the Joshua tree. And uh, I was surprised um, that uh, I enjoyed it as much as I did because I've not heard those songs in, you know, 10, 15 years by design, just because I got so sick of them. Um, and uh, and I, th I was like, oh, these are great songs. All these are great. I think if I had to listen to him again, I, then I'd be like, no, <laughs> you know, flashbacks, you know, back to the eighties when, uh, yeah, they, they, every other song on the radio was by you two from the Joshua tree. So when you're, were you driving home with, who were you driving home with? Uh, Eileen and the kids. Okay. So all four of you, yep. Eileen, Eileen likes you two a lot, right? She went to see you two. Her, um, her brother had tickets. Uh, the venue was Public Hall, which is sort of like the sort of like the Metro in that same <clears throat> venue at yeah. uh, downtown Cleveland. Hmm. And they had uh, a relative, I think like an aunt or a cousin that worked the ticket box and was in charge of the tickets. 
and said, Hey, you know, I've got these free tickets. And they're like, Hey, there's a band from Ireland tonight. And I think grew up in a very Irish Catholic family. Hey, they're from Ireland. They're here. They're called you too. Do you want to see them? And, um, Eileen, I think it was like 11 or 12. And she said, sure, I'll go. Cause she got to go with her brother who was older. And she was like, Oh, wow. And she was like, that was the greatest concert. She walked out. Like, what did I just see? Like that, those guys were un. she compared it to like being in an ocean. Um, it was kind of like, and it would like, they would, they would fly in the sky and then they, they would be like with waves. And it was, she said it was almost like quasi, not religious, but that kind of revival type of uh, charismatic. And they are based, um, I think Bono and Edge, or maybe it's Bono and Larry Mullen. They were in this kind of like Christian type of, like a charismatic Christian type of, you know, religion, like this, they belong to this church. They almost considered quitting the band before they got famous, you know, to like work on missions. The point being is that they're, you know, they're, there's a little bit of the church in, in their act or it, it was, yeah. mm-hmm. which I found interesting. So yeah, she, she didn't mind at all. So the kids are like, what? No Taylor Swift. Uh, is, what do they think of you two though? Uh, they did not care for it, but. Right. <laughs> yeah. But here, here's the thing about Joshua Tree. So after you get past the three giant hits, and the Ted Nugent theft. Right. It's seven great songs in a row. Seven. Yes. I guess, yes. I guess you'd consider them all deep cuts because Running to Standstill, great. Red Hill Mining Town, In God's great. Country, great. Trip Through Your Wires, great. One Tree Hill, awesome. Exit, and Mother's. It's, yeah, it's just a great run of songs. Nonstop. Mm-hmm. So even if, like, say they, you know, for whatever reason, you know, those three, those opening three songs hadn't been played 9 billion times. I think that'd be a consensus number, number one. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Octung Baby is such a great departure and it's a smart departure. It's very kind of Euro trashy and kind of making fun of themselves. And they do, they pull it off. Absolutely pull it off. And I love the vibe that that record gives. Really like it. At first I was like, what are they doing? These because I, when that album came out, I was like, "You two is so full of themselves," because of Rattle and Hum, where it was like, "Charles Manson stole this song from the Beatles. We're stealing it back." And I was like, <laughs> "Oh, Bono!" Apartheid, apartheid. Oh, oh, Bono. <laughs> Thank you. Uh, you know, I thought I thought that to his credit, to their credit, they're like, "Okay, you know, maybe we're not that important." And, you know, we're going to be a little more fun. I give them a lot of credit for that. We're going to have to put on Octum Baby at all Jag Bags events just so we can do our air base. Oh, please. Our, <laughs> amazing. <laughs> yes. He's getting uh, choked up. Just thinking am, about how, even, how much Jag Bags has grown. In these past I, can't even, I can't even speak <laughs> when I reflect on Very emotional. our journey, <laughs> our, our podcasting journey. Yeah. Octum Baby was, was huge too, because huge. one, you heard everywhere, Mysterious Everyone. Ways, Until the End of the World. That was, that was not quite as huge as Joshua Tree, but pretty, pretty huge. 
What about the fly? Ding, ding. <laughs> secret. At first, I didn't like it. I was like, what are they doing? I, I like the fly, but I think... I, I'm, not, I'm not ready to say the fly is the worst song on that record, but it's, it's not their best. <laughs> I love Until the End of the World. Love that song. I think Ultraviolet's great, too. Great. Uh, baby, love is darkness. Baby, baby. Love is blindness. Blindness, sorry. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Great, great. Very moody. Yep. yep. So, but Zoropa is your favorite album. Why? Yes. Well, part of it's probably because the songs didn't get beaten to death. Yeah. It's got my favorite song on it. It's got Stay Far Away So Close. Right. And I think this one doesn't sound like a lot of the other albums, too. Oh, no, not at all. Yeah, I felt like it was a noble misfire. Like I totally, I was like, "This is cool." They're really going now. They're really going that in that direction, and I think it's very interesting. Um, then would I reach for it? I don't know. I, I just uh, it's the one I play the most. Yeah. Well, you and the Zeropa uh, Diamond listeners continue <laughs> upstairs when there's Zeropa hats. Uh, and the whiteboard they got a lot going on in the whiteboard right they're now. like saying now like beave learn that's what they like. <laughs> learn about life <laughs> there's one of the pro joshua tree contingent oh no screaming <laughs> that ted nugent thing is not even close to being true so there's lots of anger controversy we're gonna put it to you the jag bags listeners is bullet the blue sky a ripoff of ted nugent's stranglehold (laughs) tell us your thoughts if we respond to you we may even give you a jag bags t-shirt wouldn't you want that everyone would want everyone does we need to we might have to get security up there now it's uh, it's become a little unruly, but that it used to be very polite, and now I feel like it's its own thing. It's uh, it's typical at a Jag Bags Diamond Listener party to get a little unruly due to the. It didn't used to be though. It it started out as very sophisticated, like us. Yeah. Well, Meryl Streep started showing up. That's true. High fiving everybody, <laughs> and that's, uh, that's exactly when it started to decline. And then Andy Avalos started passing around. Oh, Avalos. Started passing around LSD. And uh, it's just, uh, we removed that element, but I, you know, I feel it changed uh, the, 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 the dynamic of the group. It'll all be. <laughs> but there's a little bit of danger now to the Diamond Listener parties in the, above us now. Uh, I think NBC I like is preparing a feature called Streepalos. What has happened to Jag Bags? They're coming, coming through. <laughs> it's, a, it's a Netflix documentary. Yeah. Meryl Streep's like, high five me. Uh, and if you don't like, uh, don't look up, then get out of my face. Yeah. Uh, very sensitive about that movie. Mm-hmm. So uh, as, you, as you learned, Len, the mm-hmm. hard way. Yes. Um, that uh, was a rough night. That was a rough night. I felt bad. Um, but some things are better left unspoken. Uh, uh, let's move on. Uh, so stay far away, so, so far away, so close. That's your, that's in your opinion, is U2's best song. Mm-hmm. 
my pick for U2's best song is either, it's got to be one. Um, Which one in my bracket when I did best U2 songs? I mean, let's not mess around. Um, I just, and, and it is overplayed. And, uh, and I, I still go back to it. And uh, the bridge is just awesome. Awesome. That's the, that's, the, that's the best part of the song. And I can't keep holding on to what you've got when all you've got is hurt. <laughs> that was, uh, I remember. I remember I, you quoting that to Regency during a particularly tempestuous meeting. I pull it out all the time. It's, 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 uh, <laughs> it works. It's, uh, it's, I remember Joel Higgins going, what is wrong with that man? Joel, I can't keep holding on to what you've got. <laughs> Blackjack McDowell, when he's leading us into the wilds of Mexico. <laughs> um, but that's uh, these are other stories. Um, you know, I, um, a close second is really has to be Sunday, bloody Sunday. And what do you think of bad? You like bad? I've always like. Yeah, there's not too many. I mean, I I really like you two a lot. So, but is bad top ten? How about that? Bad top ten, maybe. Yeah, I mean, you didn't put on the playlist. No, but it's it's a great song. Yeah, yeah. Um, these are these are questions for you as well, Jagbags listeners. Let us mm-hmm. know. Um, you know where? As far as the '80s go, we talked a little bit about their uh career trajectory and how they went from i mean you spelled it out i thought really well how they went from like obscure to like cool alternative like on the college radio there was a time where like you couldn't hear you two except like on the you know the like xrt i'm sure yeah they're they're xrt Mm -hmm. that's why i heard unforgettable fire that and jc our friend jc would play it in his car when we were going to college every day. In Cleveland, you would hear it on some of the um, regular rock stations, but only like late at night. That's when they play the, you know, the cool stuff, you know, when the parents are, you know, now we're going to play the, you know, now the parents are asleep. That's when yep. you hear YouTube. Um, and so they went from that to when the unforgettable fire hit. Yeah. It was kind of like, okay, this is the album that really breaks them. And it, they did well, it did well. But it wasn't, it, it felt like, I don't know, I remember everyone being kind of disappointed that they weren't like, you know, sweeping the American Music Awards and hanging out with uh, Bruce Springsteen and um, and Rolling Stone loved U2. They really mm-hmm. pushed U2 hard. And we, we talked about this on our one that got eaten by Zoom. Yeah. Was that they had two live albums come out like right away, even before they were big. That's right. I think that was to try to get people into U2 go listen how great these guys sound live. Yeah. Buy their albums, go see them in concert, and you'll become a fan. I remember that they were like must see when they came to town. Like, you got to go see these guys. It's a great, mm. great show. Yeah. Um, Laura's remember. favorite concert, and that was not that long ago when she went. Yeah. She went within this decade and said it was amazing. Right. I still, I still have not seen you two. Um, I, there's yeah, one I mean, like, I'll see them. 
uh, I, I was working at uh, McCormick place and they were, I heard them, they were warming up cause they were playing soldier field. And uh, so, you know, you'd step outside, you know, right in Lake Michigan there and soldier fields to your left. And I heard them, you know, they were running through their set list and I was like, they sound great. Wow. Mm-hmm. Um, that's, that's it. Never, never seen them live. I think there should be a Jag bags field trip and a live podcast from uh, the U2 concert. Yeah. In our future. Mm-hmm. We'll How long do you think it would be before it got kicked out? Come on. We'll have Meryl Streep with us. So I find me Bono. I find me Bono. Oh, we'll get <laughs> unprecedented access. <laughs> These two, yes, they are important podcasters. But let them in. Um, you know, so as far as like the 80s go, so then so those live albums, then all those albums we talked about leading up to Joshua Tree, and then their last album of the 80s, another live album, uh, the self-important Rattle and Hum, which kind of sparked a, a backlash where everyone thought these guys are jagoffs. Um, yeah, mm-hmm. which they responded to, to their credit. To their credit, absolutely. Um <clears throat> So do you, in your opinion, are they a top 10 80s, all-time 80s act? Um, yes. And we're going to talk more about that in the end of May. Last year, I did Who Ruled the 70s bracket. Right. Elton John one. Yep. So I'm going to do a Who Ruled the 80s. I so don't I know that you two would, would win that bracket, but they would. Do probably going to win. It'll be duking it out, though, with Michael Jackson, Prince. Yeah. I, Springsteen, REM. I project them as a sweet 16 entrant. Yeah, I I, I'm going to Elite Eight. Oh, I'm gonna have are to, you? Oh. <laughs> I'm going to have to research it. No. Uh, I'm not going to tell you, though, because you have to guess the one seeds when we do that. So I'm ready. I'm ready. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> Making mental notes. What about the 90s? The 90s, they had Octum Baby. Zuropa, uh, pop, and not all that you can leave behind. That was not, that was in the 2000s. I think it was actually 2000. So we could count it if we really wanted to, because that was gigantic. Really good album, too. Yeah. That was, I like that album a lot. And when I do my top 500 favorites, that'll be on there. All that you can leave behind, Octune, Joshua Tree, Unforgettable Fire, Zuropa, War might be on there. Yeah. Yeah, all that you can leave behind, I think, was 2000. So I can't shout Pavement when uh, there's more U2 albums? You can if you you want to. (laughs) I'll be uh, be escorted from the premises. (laughs) By Len's powerful team of lawyers and their security <laughs> who watch my every move. See the, the 90s, though. So, yeah, the 90s, when you think 90s, you think grunge was the big thing in the 90s. Right. But maybe I'll do a Who Ruled the 90s next year. Yeah, Because that's too. interesting to think about. Because, okay, so Nirvana had how many albums? Two or three? Yep. Pearl Jam had a few. Yep. But were they the greatest of the 90s? I don't know about that. Stone Temple Pilots. I don't think you can. But that's like second tier after. 
Oh, Nerf damn it. No, no, I'm not saying I like Stone Temple Pilots, but as far as popularity and influence. Sales, yeah. Soundgarden. Yeah. Nine Inch Nails. I, I, I put Sound Inch, uh, Soundgarden on the same level with Pearl Jam and Nirvana. Yeah. Um, Smashing. Pump. I feel like Soundgarden gets more fans every year, too. We talked about all this in our grunge episode, which is a very one of our more popular episodes. Yeah. Um, and um, yeah, so you two, they don't obviously don't fit very neatly, especially with the kind of sound that they were pursuing at the time. They really didn't. They well, those are two. Aktung and Zeropa both did really well. They did, but they didn't fit into like, they, it wasn't grunge. And it wasn't pop. It was. It kind of stood alone in terms of like kind of the space that it occupied. Yeah, I'm looking at a ranking, and it puts you to 17th for the 90s. For the 90s. Yeah. Who's number one? Nirvana. Mm-hmm. Uh, who's number two? Pearl Jam. Mm-hmm. Yes. Very good beef. Hmm. Is it all number like- three? Is number three is tougher. Guess number three. Number three. I'm going with uh, TLC. Uh, I'm going with number three is not Mary J. Blige. No, number three is not. Uh, they're not. They're in the same. Not grunge, but pretty close. Not too far off Pearl Jam and Nirvana. They're not grunge though. Oh, Neil Young. TLC is fifty. No, not Neil Young. Probably around the same age as Pearl Jam and Nirvana. The members of their group. Uh, Smash Mouth. Um, <laughs> Mary J. Blige is 56. Smash Mouth PLC. is always a great punch. PLC is, like, PLC is 50. <laughs> like, if I'm just not like, who had more number one hits than the Beatles? Smash Mouth. And uh, if I can't, uh, uh, it always makes our wonderful sound engineer Beckman laugh when I answer Smash Mouth. I give up. Who's number three? Radiohead. Oh yeah, right. That's a good one. Yeah, I think this is more of a this is more of a critics rating that how much they. So yeah, this is gonna be. I'll be consulting this when I do my bracket. So is you two? Um, you said you two was seventeenth. Yeah. Is Beck top ten? Yes, Beck is sixth. What list is this? What, what list is this? Uh, who's, who's, of course it's top40weekly.com beef <laughs> which is weird because you would think if it was top 40 <laughs> number one would be Mariah Carey <laughs> I, <was smashed>. you know? <laughs> I mean Mariah Carey probably I'm, I'm gonna start researching it soon but <laughs> pavement's, sounds, pavement's sounds, 23 <laughs> this sounds like a pavement is 23 Okay, this sounds like a joke, but I'm actually serious. Is Hootie and the Blowfish top 10? They are not. I'm, let me... Top 20? Nope. Okay. So that... Are they anywhere? They were huge in the 90s. They had the one huge album. They're 96. Oh, that's too high. Um, that's too high. What about... <laughs> <laughs> Here's another one. What about the Spin Doctors? Also gigantic in the 90s, but one album. 
they had two albums, I think. I think they had one huge one and then one that did pretty well. Hmm. Hope they invested Steve well. Though. They are no. It's going to be. It's going to be hard because the '90s is such a mix of everything. You have. Oh. You have rap acts. You have some top forty. You have grunge. Yep. You have. It, it's. I'm going to have a hard some hard cuts. I think. I think people will complain like they always do, but. Yeah, they kind of and it kind of like splintered out after grunge kind of flamed out and died. Like the second half of the '90s was a real kind of grab bag, you know. Um just in terms of styles. No one really dominated that late 90s. That, that's why I think it's going to be a fun one to, oh, this, no, wait a minute. I'm not doing, I'm not doing 90s. I'm doing 80s, but I'm definitely going to do 90s next year because it's going to be too much fun. Yeah. Yeah. The alternative, 90, alternative 90, grunge, top 40, and rap all kind of battling each other. Right. The 90s is kind of a lost kind of, and then you had Destiny's Child coming in. I mean, that was a preview of, bigger and better things um but anyway we are digressing <laughs> from youtube Sepul sepultura at 64 <laughs> ahead of alanis morissette come on that's bs right there i will be writing a strongly worded letter to top40weekly.com You'll be happy to know that Mr. Bungle is 84 ahead of. <laughs> and rightly it. so. And rightly so. I like these, I like these, these human beings at top 40 weekly. <laughs> Beef keeps changing his mind through <laughs> They're terrible. whatever information I feed him. <laughs> the top 10, just listen to the top 10. So I mean, right. we know the top three, two packs, four, right? Oh, good. Yep. Or Tupac, uh, Red Hot Chili Peppers, Back Smashing Pumpkins, Beastie Boys, Hooray, REM, Doctor Dre, and then Mariah Carey at eleven. That's like an interesting mix right there. I feel like REM in the nineties was, bleh, bleh, bleh. Um, but that's my own. I mean, Metallica was big in the nineties. Yep. Public Enemy, Notorious B.I.G. Huge in the nineties. Weezer came out in the nineties. Dave yeah. Matthews. Dave Matthews was very popular. Oh, I hate Dave Matthews. <laughs> Please. Please, no Dave Matthews <laughs> records in your personal top five hundred. I'm kind of begging. Um, I shouldn't be looking at this because I have to focus on the eighties. Yeah, we. Yeah, I'm a professional. Get it together, line. Yes. The diamond, the diamond listeners will support. But really, who? It's like when you're asking you two in the '90s. Look at all these groups, though. I guess you'd have to give it to Nirvana and Pearl Jam, but after that's kind of a <laughs> kind of a crapshoot. I think Beck Beck was really strong. Beck 90s. was strong. Radiohead was strong. And all the all the uh, hip hop guys were unstoppable. Dr. Yeah. Dre, Ice Cube. Where's Ice Cube? Didn't he sell it? Uh, I, I switched to the 80s because now I was curious. The 80s. Oh, top <laughs> also, top40weekly.com. Top40weekly.com is multi uh, talented. Got it going. Yes. But everything, everybody in the 80s, I just go, yes. You know what I mean? Yeah. Their whole list, I'm like, yes, yes. Top 40 Weekly is actually my cousin Gary. Who is- <laughs> <laughs> Good job, Gary. Yeah, Gary. He uh, he's got a he's got a, a 
His next door neighbor, uh, Ricardo, does the, the website design. I can tell Gary is, <laughs> is beef influence because Judas Priest is 23. Gary is my man. <laughs> Gary knows rock. <laughs> yeah, so far, every everybody in the... Well, here's one that's kind of surprising. They have Grandmaster Flash at number 34. That's the, like the big influence award. But that's yeah, that's a little high. I can remember I never heard Grandmaster Flash until high school when I was on a, a road trip with the basketball on my with my basketball team, which was like 75% black kids. And the one kid brought along his 80s ghetto blaster. And I was like, this music sounds like this is from outer space. Like, <laughs> what is I never heard anything close to that. It was Grandmaster Flash. And uh, of course, like, what's that? Wow, sure is different. And uh, (laughs) well, let's have that kid on the podcast. Yes, George Mixon. We'll have him on. He doesn't. He doesn't. He doesn't uh, return my emails. He's probably intimidated. It's a pretty by the podcast. Pretty pretty solid list, except DJ Jazzy Jeff and the Fresh Prince at number sixty-seven. Or DJ Jazzy Jeff and the Fresh Prince. I don't. Uh, would you put DJ Jazzy Jeff and the Fresh Prince in an '80s bracket? Who would, ruled the '80s? I would not. I would not either. So I, I don't think no. I will agree with you on that. Top40Weekly.com. Yeah, that's a that's a miss, Gary. But the rest of the list is pretty strong. Yeah. Well, Gary can't be perfect. He had a deadlines to meet. So, you know, he's like, oh. I need something to find DJ Jazzy Jeff and the Fresh Prince. Sure. No one even notice anyway. No one, everyone skips past the 60s anyway. Is that where, the, is that where DJ Jazzy Jeff is and the Fresh Prince are ranked in the 60s? 67. 67, yeah. Ahead of Billy Ocean, Chardet. <laughs> oh, uh, outrage. Outrageous. Outrage. But it's not Billy a bad list. Billy Ocean's bad enough. Chardet, F you, Gary. <laughs> Beeve, I'll make a deal with you. I put Judas Priest at 23, but I have to push Chardet down. That. I'm like, that is unacceptable, Gary. That's unacceptable. <laughs> well, <Chardet>. we got, <laughs> we're really off track, but we have a couple really <laughs> left to address. The title of this podcast will be Beeve and Len Try to Talk You to. <laughs> But wound up, uh, but wind up ripping on Gary for <laughs> top40weekly.com for ranking DJ Gary from Jeff and the Fresh Prince ahead of Chardet. And rightly so. Rightly so. Those are both going to be fun. I just want to do 80s and 90s brackets now. Yeah, right. Well, we, All right, well, let's finish up. Don't you. I think we cover everything except for the Is Bono a Jagoff? Because <laughs> we did Best Album, 80s, 90s, Playlist, and Best Song. So. I, I told this story about uh, Bono, and who knows if it's true, but I love this story. Um, he was giving a concert. The, the story goes is that U2 was giving a concert in Dublin or somewhere in Ireland, and Bono uh, uh walks to the mic in the middle of the concert says i want silence silence <laughs> from the crowd everyone silent and he starts <laughs> snapping his fingers 
You snap like every four <laughs> seconds, just snap. <laughs> he does this for like forever, and the crowd's like, "What? You know, what are you doing?" And he goes. Finally, he says, "Every time I snap my fingers, a child in Africa dies." And allegedly, a guy in the front row said, "Well, then quit snapping your fingers. You're <laughs> yeah. killing all the children." I love that story. Uh, that's the best. Uh, so I guess is can Bono get grandiose because he was big in all the Amnesty International and um, you know all those. Um, you know, I don't know how active was Bono in Live Aid. I don't remember you two at, at Live Aid. Um, I don't think they were big enough yet. Yeah, they weren't. They weren't there yet because that was live aid was 85 right yeah that, that's a good question did you two appear at live aid did i don't think they did i say they did but let's let's find out did you two perform at live aid uh the answer is yes they, they, played, they played bad at live okay. aid. and uh they played a 12 minute rendition of bad. Hmm. So, uh, so they uh, basically could only play bad and doesn't say what the other song uh, was. They said that um, they said that uh, pride in the name of love had to be dropped, uh, but they played in London at 12.20 p.m. on the East Coast, they had a 20-minute slot in between Brian Adams performing in Philly and then the Beach Boys. So it was Brian Adams, U2, the Beach Boys. Yeah. And according to Rolling Stone, uh, of course, Rolling Stone says that this album, 12 Minutes at Live Aid, that made the band's career. It probably helped. I mean, so many people watch Live Aid. And, you know, as, as far as a, uh, a live act, you know, you think that'd be tailor made for them. Um, so, yeah. you know, no, I don't think, I think Bono is a showman and I think Bono has, you know, strong convictions. Um, I can think of more jag off uh, music. There aren't any stories of him being a jerk. No. Pretentious. Yes. Yes. You're saying apart. Yes. Yeah, that's yeah. And rattle and hum. let's let's go through rattle and hum. I think this is a good exercise. That is pretty jag offy. That album. So. <laughs> that album should be start off. Bono, Bono is a jag off. You start off with Helter Skelter, right? Right. Is that ever a good decision? You know, I mean, they're going for it. I. I that, that's I mean, a bad decision. That takes B A L L. But they were the biggest band in the world. They're like, we can do this because we're you. But they didn't. Do you like their version? I don't hate it, but I'm not like, oh my God, they transformed Helter Skelter. Um, it was a commentary on America. Um, you know, they're fascinated with the whole Manson thing. Um, but no, do I, do I think that version is amazing? I do not. No. Don't ever remake Helter Skelter. <laughs> okay. I've got it. It's a mistake. Quietly scraps plans. Exactly. <laughs> I, my jazz quartet was going to do. The only good remake of Helter Skelter is. A simple version of Helter Skelter. 
The only good remake of Helter Skelter is me standing in a playground by the slide that inspired the song Helter Skelter, reciting the lyrics yes. with my <laughs> freshly grown mustache. I, <laughs> I forgot about this. Yes. You can see the video at jagbags.com. Oh, and what a video. One of my greatest moments of really? the 80s. Unforgettable. Um, all right, so after Helter Skelter, Okay, after that's fine because they do their own songs. Van Diemen's Land, Desire, <laughs> which I like. Hawk, Hawk Moon, Two Six Nine. That's fine. Yeah, but then Watchtower. No, there's no reason for that. There's no reason for that. They were you trying to like stop Jimi Hendrix. I think the problem there, they they were saying we are good as Hendrix. We are as good as the Beatles. These well, covers will stand the test of time. It's like slow down, Bono. I think in their minds, they thought they were doing tributes, but it right. came off like you just said. Right. I don't think they realized it was going to come across like that. Right. That's how I read it. I was like, Wait, what's, don't do that. Yeah. And then, I mean, we talked about, I still haven't found what I'm looking for. That's just an incredible version. I liked it. You like Angel of Harlem. I don't. Yeah, I like that. That is... That's wow. one of my least least. <laughs> well, Bono knows how I feel, and one Bono of my least favorite fights to me. And, and that's Thank but you. that's them reaching toward. Oh, let me ask you this then, because you like the song. Do you think it's a good tribute to Billy Holiday? I, you know, I mean, it's not. They're not, at least they're not trying to sing like "Strange Fruit" or you know another <laughs> Billy Holiday. Oh my god! I mean, I wouldn't put a pasta. <laughs> I mean, uh, like if they're, if they're going in that, uh, you know, direction. Uh, would have ended their career. Not even going there. Not even going there. <laughs> that would have ended their career. I would not have been Bono there. singing Strange Fruit. I want to sing Strange Fruit for the right of the Mr. Bono, we need to have a talk. Well, uh, we, we can agree that Watchtower is a misfire. Agreed. I think Helter Skelter is a misfire. I don't like Angels Harlem. Then another misfire after Love Rescue Me, to me at least, is when love comes to town. Yeah. I, don't pair yourself off with B.B. King because that's not going to work. Yeah, that just it was uncomfortable from start to finish. Yes. I will give him credit. God Part 2 mm -hmm. should be bad, but I don't mind God Part 2 somehow. Yeah. That surprisingly worked okay. They're good live act. I mean, then they anger Ted Nugent again at the end. So, well, you and Ted, it's Ted, Len, only, only you understand. These <laughs> we disagree politically, but <laughs> but I know I can count on your support. <laughs> I can count on the Nuge <laughs> for some jams. Len can always count, or Nugent can always count on Len for support of Stranglehold. And but, I too support Stranglehold. But, <laughs> but that whole album is great. That's what I think. That's what we need to do a Jag Bags podcast episode on. What that, that Nugent album? What's Snakeskin Cowboys? What, what album's that all from? Um, it might be on Ted Nugent. That's a great album. I don't care. <laughs> I don't care. <laughs> Is he the worst? Yes, he is. <laughs> that, that album rules. 
Oh no, there's an album called Stranglehold. Oh no, it's on. No, it's on. No, no, no. You're. It is. I was right. It's on Ted. We had that album grown up. Yeah. Self-titled Ted Nugent. Yeah. Let me see what songs are on there. I think is Casper Retriever on there too. I think Snakeskin Cowboys is on there. Which is a which is a monster jam. Oh no, we it doesn't have Cat Scratch for you. Snake, you're right, Snakeskin Cowboys. Just what the doctor ordered. Jam. Hey baby. Jam. <laughs> they had to have used this guy's name for spinal tap because their lead singer was Derek St. Holmes. <laughs> they must have heard some stories about him. Because that's way too close to yeah. one of the spinal David, tap David yeah. <laughs> <It's> like, <laughs> this guy was probably full of himself. <laughs> but that's but I think Rattle and Home is what gave Bono that reputation. Agreed. I agree. A little too much self-importance and no argument. things of that nature. But I, we both agree that we don't think he's a bad guy. I think we do. I think we do. Um we really um, covered the gamut, not only of YouTube, but of top40weekly.com, our Diamond listeners, and my failed jazz cover of Helter Skelter. Back, back to the drawing board. My brilliant spoken word version of Helter Skelter. Again, jagbags.com, Len, spoken word, Helter Skelter. In the shadow of a slide. See, that's why you're so jealous of Bono and YouTube. You're like, this will take uh, this will take a, uh, attention away from my very powerful slide rendition. And so you say what you you say what you want, Beeb. I know what artists. <laughs> I know I poured my heart out to let people know what Helter Skelter really is about, <laughs> and it's about going down a slide. <laughs> it's not fun <laughs> when you get to the bottom you go back to the Do top you or don't you want me to uh, take you and I too have blisters on my fingers but from going down the slide so much it's a child mm -hmm. yes you really uncovered the root of it I claim the purity back Ringo is faxing me right now saying at last at last <laughs> someone who understands Thank you, Ringo. I understand why Dan Lapke loves you so much now. <laughs> Ringo, Ringo forever. <laughs> He's the ultimate diamond listener. Ringo and Paul are welcome on the podcast at any time. So everyone is thrilled that we redid this YouTube podcast. Very much so. We are very focused. <laughs> 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 sure to win many many podcast awards oh we're gonna win a potty <laughs> we're gonna potty all night <laughs> uh, what do we have on tap for next week i'm afraid to uh we are going to talk ask. about two giants uh, of music yes whose name two two brackets coming up they're two always coming together Inextricably linked. <laughs> Elvis Costello. When I think of Elvis Costello, I automatically think of Neil Diamond. Yes. And both master songwriters. 
So 32 songs. We're going to talk about the brackets. We're going to talk about their music, their careers, personal lives. Maybe throw in some more Ted Nugent. <laughs> we got See what top40weekly.com really? has to say about Elvis Costello uh, really and Neil Diamond. Careful. Please, we must be careful about Ted Nugent. And we, <laughs> and we will Google whether Neil Diamond or Elvis Costello has done a beautiful rendition of Helter Skelter. Uh, they so it should be a good one. No, but uh, that should be. They probably have done like interesting covers in concert. Um, so you and I saw Elvis together, but have you seen Neil Diamond? I have not. I have not seen Neil Diamond. My mom saw Neil Diamond like at least three or four. Like she, according to her, like he's the finest. I, I think we have, I think there's a lot of Neil Diamond fans out there. I think we might get some people to vote in that bracket that don't normally. Yeah, yeah, I agree. Totally. Agree. Elvis Costello, I'm not sure. We'll see how many people vote in that one. Right. Right. All right. He's got well, a lot of great albums, though. Elvis Costello. That's going to be fun to discuss. Great albums. Huge fan. I am a huge fan. Um, I'm, I'm ready for that. I'm Googling Helter Skelter for both of them. Not coming up with them doing, <laughs> doing a version of it. So we're safe. We're safe. <laughs> we are. really are safe. <laughs> All right. Well, Jagbags listeners, thank you for tuning in. Thank you to our Diamond listeners. Please clean up after yourselves. Uh, put all white... Please cord- recycle. Yes. Recycle. Recycle all those cups. And uh, hopefully, uh, if you did do some of Avalos's LSD, remember you are in a safe space. Get to uh, the guides that we have provided to you outside the door to take you safely home and to a temperature-controlled environment. And we'll be sending you a copy of the Street Belos documentary that is coming out soon. Yes. Uh, but uh, and to, to anyone who listens, please check us out. Um, we uh, Please subscribe to us. We're available wherever fine podcasts are found. Please hit that yellow or blue subscribe button. And you can have quality Jag Bags content delivered twice weekly to your device for maximum entertainment at any time, at your at your leisure. Um, at your leisure and maximum entertainment. Yes. Uh, and also, we are on all the social medias. We're on, well, all the social medias for old people. So that would be Twitter. That would be Facebook. That would be Instagram. Check us out. Leave us a comment, suggest a topic. If we decide on it, we will give you a Jag Bags t-shirt and what could be finer than a piece of 100% cotton in your possession that you can wear to formal events, Christmas parties. I wore my Jag Bags t-shirt to Easter and was uh, the hit of the dinner. Um, and uh, after I was asked to leave, um, but <laughs> but but check us out uh, and order a, a t-shirt. They're twenty dollars, and um, and again, we want to thank everyone for listening. When you're ready to listen, put a little jag bags in your ear. <laughs>